0: This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 8, episode 48.
1: This is Writing Excuses, long-form storytelling with Sam Logan. 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry.
0: And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary.
1: I'm Howard. And we have Sam Logan, another wonderful web cartoonist. I'm really excited to have Sam on. Say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. (laughs) I've got actually a fun story about Sam because when I first published my very first book, um, Elantris, way back when, they sent me 20 copies of the hardcover. The publisher did. And I decided I was going to give these out to people who had meant something to me um, in my storytelling and in my writing and things like that. And so I gave one to some of my teachers. I sought out old friends. And I actually wrote Sam Logan and said, your comic is an inspiration to me. I'd like to send you a copy. Um, this was 10 years ago or so, and he said, that's great. I don't read this stuff, but I'll give it to my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think what I specifically said was that I was wary
2: because I was, I was afraid of a book that would have potential, like the potential to have a four-page description of the parts of a saddle. I right, that's the right, specific right, thing that I right yeah, yeah. And you, he, you told
1: me it was largely saddle-free, and it mm-hmm. was true. And, yeah. I and so I <laughs> sent him a copy, um, and now I get to have him on my podcast, so I'm geeking out a little bit here. Um, now
0: we, he does the four-page description. Yes. Now we'll, we'll,
1: I'll start rambling about four? styles.
3: He can get it done in four. Four.
2: <laughs> four. There's a lot
1: of parts to this. Yeah. Stuff. Um, so long-form storytelling. Sam, you have been telling a story over many, many years. Yeah, um, eleven. Eleven. I think years. I'm up to now. Um, and you're for those who haven't read Sam and Fuzzy, I'll I'll give the promo on this. It's fantastic, amazing art style, um, great storytelling. It actually reminds me a bit of uh, Bone by, I believe, Kevin Smith is his name, and is that it? Um, it's uh, Jeff Smith. Jeff Smith, Jeff that's Smith. right. Kevin Smith's the movie guy. Mm. Um, and in that, it starts out very kind of humorous, quirky, kind of joke-a-week, and it's transformed into a massive epic um, about ninjas in a secret underground, and it's still funny. Um, so so well done. Well, thank you. Um, th- when you started, were you planning to take it as epic as it went? No. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: See, as much as I am kind of like known as the guy who pre plans everything now, Mm -hmm. um, when I started that particular comic, um, it was for a university newspaper. And it was Uh like, I'd always done story driven comics and long form stories, Uh like ever since I was a kid. But, you know, there was a college newspaper and I was like, ah, I'll do a, a gag strip because I'm a cartoonist and, I'm, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm going to university, so why not? And uh, then that was Sam and Fuzzy. And when uh, once I'd been doing it for a little while, I was like, ah, I guess I should put that on a website because that's what everybody is doing these days. And then when the website started to pick up steam and I'd been doing it for a while, I was kind of like, but this isn't actually the kind of comic that I enjoy doing uh-huh. the most. And so it just sort of morphed into the kind of work that I prefer to do. And it was like uh like in,
3: a, in other industries we call that bait and switch bait and switch <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was
2: it was uh, you know and it was it was a kind of gradual process like the the period of time that stories would be planned over kept getting longer and longer mm-hmm. like first i started tackling like uh short kind of sitcom-esque episodes and then i started plotting like arcs of episodes and then it started being more like plotting books and then now we're basically at the point where i do like uh, you know, plot like something that will eventually be like a set of like six books or something with an arc that goes over.
3: <laughs> this is sounding no. This is sounding really disturbingly eerily familiar. Yeah, mm. I thought, um, I might. I thought I, it might. Yeah. Well. Okay. I I I just want to listen to him talk about what I did.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let's let's do it in reverse. I'll have some other questions about where you know how you got here, but right now, what's what's your plotting method? How do you build this, knowing it's gonna take years to tell this story? Um, well, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like a uh,
2: like a weird hodgepodge that just you know, by method of having done it for so long, uh, the the kind of like formula came into place. But uh, what I do now is, is I'm currently in the middle of what would be book four of a six book series, uh-huh. and so it's like there's the overarching plot of the six books mm-hmm. uh, and then there is like the kind of individual arcs of the individual books and mm-hmm. then within the books there are the chapters which tend to be kind of like TV episode style right. short stories and so uh from like the top, from like the full series arc uh, to to the short little stories, it's like they're planned less the smaller the story is. Right. So like the big arc is very planned out in terms of like all the major plot events, all the major character arcs and character beats. Uh, that right from before I started the first book, I, I had that gridded out. And then the individual arcs for the individual books, like in terms of how they contribute to that overarching one, Uh, are somewhat planned but there's a lot of room to flex on them and then the actual individual chapter stories those are are almost kind of like kind of like built to fit like i I look at where i'm at in the story right now Uh and where the characters need to be and so i will craft little stories that somehow uh you know call attention to or reflect or initiate some sort of important character change that is required to okay. take it where it needs to go. Awesome.
0: I'm curious what that actually looks like. I mean, oh. be, because because it is, although the, a lot of the parts of the process sound familiar from from the, the, you know, noveling side. Is it, you know, is it an outline? Is mm-hmm. it, because I heard you say the word gridded out. And I'm like, is that a literal grid, or?
2: It's, it's I, I don't write anything down, like, at all. I, mm. I uh, it's, it's, it's conceptual. It's like there's a certain amount of information I'm confident in my ability to remember in my head as far as plot stuff goes, and so it's really largely there. Things that I'll, I'll uh, okay, be... you
3: need to only ever cross the street with the signal. <laughs> okay, no, yeah. I mean this. No, I've, I've
2: honestly sometimes I thought maybe I should write it down, like just in case I'm hit by a bus or something, because it would be like really frustrating for people who you know, are reading the comic; they would just never know what was Ursula Vernon.
3: No, was it? Uh, uh, yeah, I think it was Ursula Vernon uh, talking about uh, Digger said uh, she had a panic attack one morning and she ran in on her husband when he was showering and told him how the whole thing ended because it was all in her head and she said, somebody besides me has to know. I thought I
2: might put it in the will that like a big central mystery of the comic is, is there's this this ominous pit that several characters like refer to in very vague terms, and it's like what is in the pit is a big <laughs> mystery. So sometimes I kind of think like in my will I should just put like, and this is what's in the pit. Like, and this is what sin really looks well, like. Yeah.
0: yeah. In, in the the horribly depressing and morbid um, things that can happen to you that are not death. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a concussion could actually wipe the story out. That's so. true. That's legit. I mean,
2: and and I mean, I guess it's, it's so, so
3: the notes could be for you. The yeah, notes could be
2: for me, like yeah. memento style. Like. I just yeah.
1: gotta say, as someone who spent the last five years. Dealing with the work of someone who did this, mm-hmm. please go Let's ahead write and write it down. It down. He yeah, forgot right. some stuff, or at least We're to tell me. Recorded or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting
2: because it's it's just like my my actual writing process. Like even on the individual uh-huh. strip level, yeah. like you know, people often ask, like, is it is it more like art? Is it you know you kind of it's driven by the art and what mm-hmm. you want in the panels, and then you write the words to fit, or is it that you kind of write a script and then you craft the panel around it? And for me, it's always been like. Like a cohesive thing it's like when it's time to do a new two-page strip i'll go for a walk and i will think about what words and what pictures and like what layout like all at once like cohesively and then i just come home and i quickly jot down what the words were so i don't forget them and i immediately start thumbnailing out what the panels will be like and it's like there isn't it's not like an either or kind of mm-hmm. situation and so like sometimes i i don't i don't feel like i, I write a lot of notes sometimes because i don't know it's 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 hard to describe right. it doesn't well, it's feel just, like it's yeah. in words and it doesn't feel like you get it's lots of yeah. practice
1: and you know what you can do yeah. and what it requires yeah. to do uh what you what it requires you to set up and mm-hmm. things like that howard did you have something earlier you wanted and you want to throw in here? no he, he
3: actually okay. answered the question i was going to ask do you do you start with the words do you start mm-hmm. are there times when you this is really the question are there times when you are uh when you're doing this this grander outline this grid where what you have in your head is not a textual plot point. What you have in your head is a picture, some sort of iconic moment, some sort of tableau that you are shooting for.
2: Yes, absolutely. Like I'll, I'll you know, even though I don't, I don't like script out the actual storylines, you know, like uh, page by page the whole way through. There are, are always like as I'm conceiving like the big plot, like key moments where I just I see the finished comic like in my in my head and like. Like uh, one, I know, I know Brandon will remember like the the sequence where Crush shaves off his beard, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the big yep. reveal. Like that, just like you know, yep. came to me as I was first writing that whole story. Mm-hmm. And this is this is a big reveal of a of a of a character's hidden identity in the comic. And it's just, I don't know, it's it's part of the it's part of the picture. It's like when this event happens, and this is how it will look, and this is what the feeling will be, and yeah, yeah.
1: All right, so um, uh, let's do our book of the week, and Sam, you're actually going to talk to us a minute about Feed by M.T. Anderson. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is probably just because I'm traveling, but like for uh,
2: the last uh, couple of years, uh, every time I go traveling, my wife, who is a young adult writer, uh, loads me up with the next batch of really important to her young adult books that I have never read, uh, and it's been taking me years to work through them because there are just so many, and uh uh, the one that I just read very recently that had like you know one of the ones that 've had the biggest impact on me is feed um, it's just it's a it 's funny now because it's it's uh a few years old but it was it was written about like a hypothetical future you know w- kind of based around that idea of everybody having a feed to the internet built mm-hmm. right into their heads and uh even though in a sense, like it should feel very dated because that technology has changed so much in that time. It actually just feels like really creepy, like, and it's in its predictiveness of of everything. Like, like I mean, mm-hmm. not the literalness of it actually being in your head, but like right. the, in terms of the the targeted advertising and, mm-hmm. and data tracking and everything like that. Like, I mean, it's all like real Google type stuff that we have now. Only it hasn't, you know, taken it right. quite to that science fiction level yet. But but um, it just, I just thought it was really like a really powerful book and like a, a awesome
1: so my wife read it and loved it too. yeah so yeah <laughs> howard how right. can they get that
3: head on out to audible slash excuse you can pick up feed by mt anderson narrated by david aaron baker for uh free uh for starting a 30-day free trial
1: all right i have another question for you sam um one of the challenges that Howard has expressed about writing web comics is balancing the idea that you want to move the plot forward, you want to seed things and um, for, that you can pick up later, but at the same time, each day you've got to have a daily payoff. Um, and this is different from maybe writing even a regular comic book or graphic novel in that, each page needs to do something that makes it you feel like it was worthwhile to check in that day. How do you personally balance this, and what, what is your strategy? I mean, as far as the strategy of it goes, I,
2: I kind of cheated, because what I did was I made all my comics twice as long. <laughs> um, but, you know, when it was originally... Yeah, I'm not going to do that. No. Mm-hmm. Well, but the thing, I, I only do three updates a week, and uh, originally it was just a four-panel gag strip, and at some point, you know, especially when it started to become my job, but I was able to put a lot more time into it, there was the option to up the update pace like to do Mm -hmm. more comics and i chose instead to just double the length of the comics and keep it as three days a week which is not the best strategy from a business perspective in terms of generating ad impressions but i feel like in terms of of uh delivering the narrative like for me like when you're reading a serialized story it's like every comic needs to have is like get some sort of emotional reaction mm-hmm. out of the reader. And it doesn't necessarily need to be a joke, although right. a lot of the times the joke is the easiest thing to do in such a short mm-hmm. amount of space. But, like, you know, something that makes them surprised or frightened or mm-hmm. angry is mm-hmm. a good one to tap into a lot of the time or or whatever, something to do that and to have enough space to... You know, uh, delve into a plot that's as you know okay. complicated. I just felt like um, having extra pages to work with.
1: Now, let's say fun. our listeners are trying to do this; they want to start their own web comic. Um, how do you have any strategies you can suggest to them about how to go about doing the writing? How to go about making this this balance and payoff work? Any little, any tips? Um, I mean, honestly, like uh, the biggest tip that I would have is is especially if you have
2: kind of like dreams of doing the like really humongous stories like that mm-hmm. I've been doing is don't start with them. Right. Especially if you have one in mind that's like your baby, your really big mm-hmm. story is like start with short stories where you can really, you know, get a handle on on how to deliver all the like important parts of the story in that kind of like page by page process uh, you know and and learn that way. Um, because for me it's just like by the time I got to doing these big stories, a lot of it is just, I don't know, like I guess it's instinctive. Or, right. You or practice something. long enough. Yeah. We talk
1: about the same thing with novel writing, actually. Mm-hmm. Don't write yeah. your baby first. Practice something else. Yeah. yeah the
2: number of people I know who who they had their you know they started webcomic because they just had this one mm-hmm. story that they've always wanted to do. It's their big epic and so they get into this this horrible like lock pattern where they do the first 30 pages of it over and over and over again forever sure, right. because they learn so much in those 30 pages that then they look back at the first page and like, this is terrible. This can't be the first page of my greatest yeah, and then, work. Yeah, uh-huh. So then you just go... And, but then, then nothing... They never get finished. And so all they really ever do is practice writing the beginnings of things. which I've, then...
3: I've made about $65,000 selling the first pages that I hate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... And I would not have made that if I did not have current pages for people to read. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I had it to do over, I would do it differently, and I would probably fail, mm-hmm. which is terrifying. You know when people ask me, you know what what's your advice, you know for a starting web cartoonist, I say, I started thirteen years ago. The strategies that i use the tools that i use the things that were available on the internet are part of a ship that not only has sailed but i jumped off it onto an island that i don't know where it is and that ship has sunk mm-hmm. <laughs> and i don't know how to get off this island and what's facebook
1: yeah
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that that's that's really kind of interesting to point out um that you guys both and jeff who we had on a while ago um, I've been doing this for a long time, and you started like when webcomics were this new thing, and when you know someone like myself who wanted to read them, is going on like where are the web comics? Well, there were only a few that looked and wrote professionally um, and were updating regularly, and those have become these awesome things years and years later. But people starting out now, it's kind of like um, it's 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 like a hundred years has passed in a, a genre like novel writing and things like this because it moves so fast on the internet wow, it's got to be just a weird, weird place for new writers right now. It, it must be. And I mean, like, like Howard, I'm sure we'll, we'll relate to this,
2: uh, that, you know, when uh, people come and approach you and and, and uh, back in the day, like, when you were first starting, they'd be like, so you do a webcomic that's, like, an ongoing story. Like, that's really weird. You know, like, it's not, like, a newspaper-style gag strip because, like, nobody did that eight years ago, mm-hmm. whereas now I would say that's, like, the the dominant form of webcomic stuff. So things change very fast. Mm
0: -hmm. I have a a question, actually, regarding the long form. How much um, retention of information can you expect people to... Mm. Like, when you plot something, how long can you expect them to retain it? Um,
2: y- y- I feel like you can't expect them to retain it at all. So fortunately, when you're doing an update, y- you can, uh, you know, you have your news post area below uh-huh. it to remind people of stuff that they might have yeah. forgotten. Uh, y- to an extent, like, you don't want to you don't want to put too much of it into the comic itself because for people who do remember, you right. don't want to feel like you're constantly like badgering them with old information. And you don't want to do like that old school like Marvel Comics thing right. where you have the editor box <laughs> yeah, where editor. it's like, Smiling Stan says see issue 346 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, you, you know, you have, you have you have the for somebody who's like they read the comic and they're like, I don't really remember who this character is. They haven't been in the comic for several years. Like, I'm sure their first instinct will be to scroll out to the news post where you can be like, hey, remember this character? Mm-hmm. Here's the story they were in, here's why you should remember. You know, the
3: forums, the schlock mercenary forums, the the Facebook group. I do know what a Facebook is. Um, <laughs> I have one right here in my phone. Uh, <laughs> um it, to use to, to use the metaphor we used earlier, all the time somebody will say, hey, wait a minute, where'd that gun come from? Mm. And what Out I have to remember mouth. as the writer is, it's not my <laughs> job to say, I put it on the mantle uh, on October 13th of 2006. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's my job to sit back and hope that one of the other readers says that. And when they do say that... I feel very smug Mm -hmm. because I get to feel smug, and but it happens all the time. I can't trust people to remember in this format. I
1: really do like Sam's um, post underneath. It's um, it's something you do a really good job with. It's not giving us the gun. It's like remember this character. And then you go back and you read three or four weeks worth, and you remind yourself and things like that. I really mm. like it. Um, something else, since I am uh, a fanboy, that I'll point out that I really like about the comic before we, we get done here is um, I love how you know you have this gag um, a day sort of thing, and part of the gag is that there's a talking anthropomorphic teddy bear basically who feels like uh, you know I don't know the backstory. It feels like it was thrown in there because it's funny. Mm-hmm. It's just a silly thing, a contrast, you know, a taxi driver and this bear that no everyone just expect and accepts as part of the world. Years later, as we were talking about with, with what Jeff did, you took that and made it a plot point. And you, all the, the things you tossed in the air, even kind of accidentally early on, you said, now I'm going to turn this and I'm going I'm to use this in all sorts of different ways um, to expand the epic scope, to expand the humor, to expand the world building. So it's not just random bear. It's now part of the lore in very deep and interesting ways. And I think that's part of how you made this whole transition work, is things that we, we just assumed were silly little jokes became important aspects of the storytelling. And you did a wonderful job of that. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I want you to tell us, um, you do have 10 years of continuity. Is there a starting point you would suggest our listeners pick up your comic Um app?
2: Yeah, if you go to the website right now, it encourages you, uh, like on the new reader button, to start at a point from just a couple of years ago, which uh-huh. was the start of like the third major arc of Salmon Fuzzy. And uh, I encourage people to do that because I feel like it's the strongest work and it also... Uh, stands on its own to the mm-hmm. point you don't need to have read the first two, so it's like you don't have to read ten entire years right. of comics to get caught
1: up. But you really should.
2: You I should. Mean, just well, say, well, I always say... Great. But
1: you can start there, and then you can go back and get all the backstory. Exactly. You read the... And if you like it, there are two whole other arcs that you can read uh, yep. to get caught up. All right. We need a writing prompt. Um, do either of you have something off the top of your head you could suggest to our listeners to get them jogged into writing for this week? Um, I... I don't
2: know. I can give it a shot. I okay. mean, like, for me, I I can't write unless I am, I mean, it's not literal writing, like, conceptual writing. I can't do it unless I get out of my house and mm-hmm. completely separate myself by, by going for a walk. And that is how I've written the script for every Sam and Fuzzy for, like, mm-hmm. you know, over a decade. And it, it's just because... Uh, as soon as I sit down somewhere, there is a device or thing in front right. of me that I can be doing instead of that. And when you're outside and you're on your feet and you're moving, there's just there's nothing to do but think okay. about their
1: reply. So go for a walk. Yeah. Great writing prompt. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> uh, thank you, audience at Gen Con. By the way, I haven't thanked you in a while. Um, yes, you can scream. Howard's right here.
0: <laughs>
1: All right. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write.